It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. And welcome in to the Skinny Podcast, the Reds edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Local 12 sports anchor Gary Miller, and Local 12 producer, uh, reporter, anchor Jed Demusi, the man who wears all kinds of different hats. Uh, a lot to get to on a lot of different fronts. Although he's fronts. not wearing a hat at he's the moment. He's not wearing moment, a hat at the, moment, the moment, but he possibly should be with all the grease that's in his hair. This Maybe he has a Barovato's hat from this week. Yeah, I like that. That was that was a cool look, huh? You like that look? Great podcast right now. Vado's hat from this week? Yeah. You, the yellow hat he had oh, on when yeah. he said uh, the earthquake hit the batter's oh. box. That's what caused him to uh, to not be able to, to stay in the lineup that day. Quite a week for Joey. Yeah, let's start there. Uh, a, co- <laughs> a couple of things. The one he said about... James Paxton and Canadian baseball deserved an apology. I thought it was a heartfelt apology. The other one I thought got Did blown it? way out of proportion. Uh, I'm going to stop you there. I, I, uh, I, the thing about Canada? I, it was very bitter, and he admitted it was bitter. I, I mean, you know, that old line, love means never having to say you're sorry. I think being <laughs> from Canada means you never have to say you're sorry. I don't think – I mean, does even – did, did, did Canadians even care? I don't know. It's, I, I, I don't yeah, live there. I, I'm not expecting I, you to I, speak I, for the Canadian contingent here, but I just don't think anyone cared. I mean, I understood what he said. Do you think, like, do you think somebody got to him, or do you think he, he felt compelled on his own to well, apologize? Well, I think the media contacted yeah, him. To, from Canada, yeah. Right, to get a reaction. The part I think that he said in his re- apology was, I don't mean to reflect this on kids who are currently in Little League in Canada or in developmental baseball, that Canadian baseball is worthless and... I don't think it, it sounded very bitter. I mean, it really did. I, I, that's he, not really an excuse either. I mean, no, agree, 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 agree. Yeah, if he felt the need to apologize for that, that's fine. I, I didn't. I mean, I, I just don't. I, I don't know why. And I guess it's just because he's such an outstanding player who happens to be from Canada. But how is he supposed to feel about James Paxton throwing a no-hitter in the Sky Dome? I guess it was the whole, hey, there's <laughs> like, not a lot of Canadians playing, he, playing Major League right. Baseball. Fellow countrymen did it. Do you feel any kinship? Um, yeah, it may have been a reach from a question standpoint, but I, I get that to some degree. The part they leave out, though, is in his comments on that podcast, he said he gave a lot of credit to Paxton. He just wasn't giving it as, you know, he thought it was as a, a great Canadian. achievement. <laughs> as a he Canadian. just said he didn't care that it was in Toronto right. or that he was a Canadian guy. He just gives him a lot of credit for throwing a no-hitter. He's a great pitcher. Yeah. All, all of Canada is, is hoping that, that Winnipeg can find a way to beat Vegas <laughs> and, and win a Stanley Cup for that country. They, I don't think they're, they're too concerned with, um, with what's going on, with, with what Joey Probably Bio not said. that many baseball players to offend. Yes, correct. That, that's correct. <laughs> I think, you said that about hockey now. Right. Well, the Canadian, the Canadian people in general, I think, are prone or I think are uh, impervious to being offended. They're so <laughs> nice up there. I mean, it just I don't know if you can offend a Canadian. I think you have to try really hard. And I, I certainly don't think a Canadian can offend another Canadian, but maybe so. Maybe I don't so. know. Uh, the one, though, that, that I thought was extremely benign that got blown out a little bit. But there, there's a secondary element to this is. His comments about again, kind of sick and tired of losing, and and not you know wanting wanting this organization to be better. I think some took the step that maybe he is he's begging to be traded by those comments. I, I don't think I read into to that. Did did you? No, I, I think it's, it's just another guy who's frustrated. Thing he said at the end of last year in that long interview with Jim Day, right. And during spring training, spring training this year, too, right. When we were there, I want to win not one but two rings, and I want to win them as a Cincinnati Red. Uh, and the clock's and, he, and he's saying that now, too. And the thing that stuck out to me about that 
all those comments, and there were quite a few of them, was some people should have their mirror taken away. I mean, it's one thing to look in the mirror and, you know, say how much of this is my fault. It's another thing to say some people just aren't measuring up no matter how you look at look it. in the mirror Correct. or not. Correct. They're just not doing the job. I guess the question is, who's that pointed towards? Is that pointed towards Castellini? Is that pointed towards Dick Williams? Is that pointed towards Walt Jockety? Is that pointed towards a handful of players? I don't think it's players. I mean, I think regardless of who it's pointed towards, I mean, you can we can sit here and, and debate that. But I think it's funny how we constantly say, why doesn't Joey Votto say anything? Why doesn't he speak up? Why isn't he a voice in that clubhouse? And then he says something, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, what, what sort of needle is he trying to thread here with com- – I mean, and what is he supposed to say if he we want him talking but we don't want him to, to speak the truth? Well, he speaks. No, I, I'm with you. And again, I thought I thought what he said about wanting to win and some of those comments are pretty benign and pretty not just honest. I mean, it's logical. All you have to do is factual. Look at, <laughs> factual. Yes, exactly. Um, but he's he's so measured in the way he tries oh, to yeah. phrase things yeah. that you're left going. What what did he? What, maybe you're looking for a deeper answer than's really there. Maybe I think it's Red's not that fans deep. should love it because he that was the big part that stuck out right. to me too. Is he said, I can understand they should be disappointed. And frustrated. And I think maybe because he doesn't speak that often, we think, yes, what is behind this? What is his motivation for saying this? Because that's a lot of people went right there. They said, well, if he's talking, he must want traded. If he's saying this, he must want out of here. Okay. And let's take that step. I don't think I, I, I agree with that, but you're, you're, that's what people I don't know. agree with it either, but, but I think but, that's but I, what but I did want to get into that because if that's what he was doing, well, Which truth I be don't told, maybe the best thing for this organization moving forward for two, three years down the road is to trade Joey Votto. If you could find a taker, I think I'd do it. It has nothing to do with performance. It has nothing. But it, but if you're looking at this as this team is not winning not only this year but next year and twenty still dicey, you're getting right. to a Joey Votto at an age where okay, at some point the the man's going to decline because it's just the natural way right. things he's go. Right, going to be 35 in September. So if he's angling for a trade, maybe maybe it is for the best if that's what it comes down to. Yeah, we're looking at you know if we're looking a year or two down the road, certainly this year's out. Yes, next year. Maybe, maybe what we thought this spring could happen right. in 2019. Right. But you're still talking about the second wild card. Right. In all right. likelihood. You're not talking about winning the Central. Yeah, I, I, I just say go back to that, Jed. If, if that's what he wants, and I don't think it was. I'm with you on this. I don't think that's what he was angling for. But let's just play the game that assume that he was. Wouldn't it be in your best interest as an organization to, to do that if you can do it? I mean, with the with the price tag that comes along with that, and, and with the idea that he's going to decline and that he's thirty five, he just uh, had a great interview in the Athletic uh, posted today, a back and forth um, where he said it takes him a while. I mean, the, the article is a must read, especially if you're a baseball nerd. Um, but and one of the pieces out of that article was he admitted it takes him it takes him a little while longer to kind of get where he's feeling comfortable with his swing Mm -hmm. now he's such a student of the game he also went on and talked about the exit velocity of Jose Altuve on fastballs up and in on I mean this guy knows everything about everyone and he's so measured and he's so thoughtful so it's a good article to read but your initial point was do you try to move him I, I think you. I think maybe in the best interest. I don't know of anyone that that has that type of contract who I, it wouldn't be worth moving if you're a small market yes. team. Yes, I don't know who you could have. If if the Reds were winning, it would be a completely different story. 
But if they're losing, I don't think there's a contract that's not on the table to move. Yeah, and, and his include. Now, obviously, right. there has to be a taker, and there has to be a, right. a way to, to have them take on a chug. The, you're not, you're not just doing this without somebody else eating some of that. Look at the contenders. Look at the teams that we're right. projecting right now that are either leading or are going to go deep in the playoffs. Almost universally, they're set at first base. Correct, correct. Or or it's a team, you know, like the Indians who aren't right. going to pay that type of money for yeah. first baseman. Yeah, and I, I go back to, I don't think that's what he was angling for. I think it was a guy who does want to win here, and the frustration level has just gotten to the point of, you know, I, I can buy into this for a year or two, but, man, we're now three years into this whole supposed rebuild, and mm. I don't see much changing in it. And truth be told, it ain't on him. I mean, his numbers, it's not like, it's not like he's hit 263 with 15 homers and 71 RBI, yeah. right? I mean, his numbers... Right. Again, he started slowly this year in the power department especially, um, but I'd be willing to probably project he's going to be in the upper 20s of home runs. When you look at the end of the year, the numbers will be still right. very, very good. I think it was more of a guy being frustrated of, of look, you, you know, we've, we've talked about this. It's time to put a better foot forward on, on, on all of this, and they just haven't done it. They haven't done it, and, and you know, his strikeouts are up this year a little bit. His, uh, you know, his power, it, it took a while to come around. But this is a guy who out. I'll go to my grave and say he should have won the NL MVP last year. I think he was the NL MVP. And just because the Reds are so bad, you know, uh, I think it was Bob Nightingale who, who kind of had him fifth in the National League. He said, I think the Reds could have won however many games they right. won without Joey Votto. Right. So how valuable is he? But I, I think he's, he's an incredible player. Um, but just from the, from the number standpoint – and from where this team is right now, you know, I don't think you, – you can't say that anything is off the table with this team. You Correct. just can't. Correct. So, and that includes Joey Votto. And that includes Joey Votto as much, as much as it would pain, I think, this fan base to lose a guy like him, even though a lot of fans have taken a while to warm up to the fact, well, don't, we don't pay you to walk, you know. Hmm. We don't pay you to do this, you know. Marty Brenneman took a while. Sure. He's come around on him. Um, and a lot of people are in lockstep with Marty because he's a Hall of Famer, and, and Marty's earned that right. But I think everything should be on the table, and if that means trading Votto, it means trading Votto. All right. What else might be on the table is Robinson Cano has an 80-game suspension. Seattle Mariners, I don't know if they're a playoff-caliber team, but they're certainly, as we well, said today, in that, I, in that mix. You know, we, Jed and I were discussing this last and night. And that's the Scooter it's, Jeanette concept. I mean, you're talking, they're not jumping the Angels and Astros in their division. Probably not. Yankees and Red Sox are... They're not going to catch them. If you're Dick Williams, have you made that phone call at least? And should you have made that phone call at least? Sure. And I think because yeah, his contract's up, I mean, he could get something. Yeah, and I think this is, uh, you know, th this Seattle Cincinnati connection. There, I mean, based on what you believe, they were pretty close to moving Cozart. So I think right. to to Seattle. So I think this is a fan base, or this these are two clubs that you know the phone lines are open. So I think the phone call has probably been made, but regard whether or not you know what the what the Mariners are willing to give up, um, you know it's I don't know. Now the devil's advocate part of me says the following: His contract is up at the end of this year. He has one more arbitration year, and then free agency after after nineteen into twenty. So you still technically have him right. under some level of control for another year. Um, the numbers have, have, have actually increased. If you look at some of the power numbers, um, mm -hmm. he still has some years in that power prime, if you believe in that. And if mm -hmm. you look at those guys from 25 to 31-ish, um, he, he still would probably command um, a fair market price, but probably not kill you financially. 
I would ask you this then, and I'm not here to tell you I wouldn't have made that phone call. I, I'm not here to tell you if I was Dick Williams, I wouldn't have considered if the offer was right. But at what stage when we move forward in this rebuilding process do we look and go, no, he can still play for us for five, six, seven years and be a, be a core guy? I mean, what stage do we stop, we stop talking about everything of get rid of this, get rid of this, get rid of this, as opposed to, no, well, this got, guy could be a core guy. He could be, but you've got to find attractive pieces. Alex Blandino deserves a spot somewhere in that lineup. I mean, he's, he earned it out of spring training. He's certainly earned it now in the spots that he gets. Rough start, but he's Rough start, it up. but yeah, he's no, picked mean, it up of late. This, right, yeah, yeah. Now that he's getting more regular at-bats and, you know, he's adjusting. Uh, did well on this road trip, West Coast road trips. You know, offense isn't the problem. And I think get, with that in mind, I think Scooter is replaceable. I mean, he's been incredible offensively, and it's a left-handed bat. It's a middle infielder. But I think him, you have somebody back of him that you could plug you have in. A, you have enough track record on Blandino in your mind that you could plug him in and be the everyday second baseman. With a team that's going to win 70 games at the most? Well, I, yeah, but I'm looking at this moving. I'm looking at this moving forward. I'm looking at yeah. this over well, the next couple unlike, of three. Unlike the Votto thing, there are contenders that could definitely use a second. Oh, no doubt, and especially and one of that age at a, up, at a know, decent price. And Red Sox. And, yeah, and I, I guess that's the part you have to weigh is is what will you get in return, and how much do you believe in either Alex Blandino being an everyday guy, um, the Senzel situation, but it, right? but it but it gives he still gives you cause for pause with 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 the vertigo right. still, and I think you still Although have to figure Arizona, out at least now. Yes, right, trying to work his right. way back. But it would still give me cause for pause to say until I see you cleared for an extended period of time, because we're talking about August shutdown for the rest of the year, a month and some change into this year, shut down for a ten to week, ten day to two week period. But who period. else do you have, Skinny, that's attractive I, I, to I, a contender? I guess I'm, that's why I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit of it. What point do you go? No, these are our guys moving forward, and now let's find pieces around them. Now, you can argue, and you're rightfully so, of, well, how do you get those pieces when there's not a lot readily available to dip into AAA and get? Because we've seen that. Um, I think that's when you're in a real weird catch-22 with this of, if I'm looking, I'm, I'm identifying Scooter Jeanette as a core guy moving forward. That's, all, that's just an opinion. Um, but at the same time, if he's a guy you can flip for, some real bona fide, maybe a bona fide starter prospect, um, a, a bona fide middle infield, whatever. I mean, three guys that you can go within a year, they're up. I mean, within a year, they're here. I mean, hell, this year, they're here. Um, then, then I'd be hard-pressed not to do it. But I think as a fan, you, you keep starting to see of, all right, you keep moving pieces, and yet nothing keeps getting right. better. And at what well, you point? You got to keep something. Yeah, you know, because let's face it, Jeanette was a great get. I mean, you talk about a great yeah. get. That was a great get, and yeah. it's gotten it's way better than I could have ever imagined that get me. And it was basically what it was a Dan Straley situation, a guy that was just out there, right, on the waiver wire. That was the same with Scooter. He was out there on the waiver wire, and I think he was one of four Cincinnati Reds in team history. His first year with the team, he had ninety RBIs. Yeah. And he's proving, you know, that last year wasn't a fluke. A lot of people thought he was going to take a step back because last year kind of came out of nowhere for him. But it was the first time he had regular at-bats. So if he's going to keep building and if he's going to be the type of guy, do you – I think it just all depends on what you think you can get. I really do. You know, Dan Straley, would have been nice to, to hang on to him. He, he, he proved that he could play, but they looked and saw that they could get this Castillo kid for him. Right. And I think it was a good move. So nothing nothing really happens in a vacuum. You can't look at it and say, um, 
you know, I we really like him. We we want him moving forward. I think if there's something out there that's that's worth picking up, that you know, you've, that's that's you've got to do your due diligence there. Since we did the podcast last one week ago, um, we weren't sure when Matt Harvey was going to start, and lo and behold, he winds up starting yep. the, the the next night. He's now got two starts under his belt as as we do this. Um, has pitched eight innings total, four innings in each start, given up three runs. Hasn't walked anybody yet. Has I think nine strikeouts, given up eight hits, so a whip of, of one. It looked like he got hit a lot harder in Frisco, obviously, than he did against the Dodgers. But what do you make of the of the, of the first two starts? About about the best case scenario, maybe. Oh yeah, I, I think exceeded it. You know, but yeah, he had a rough couple of innings. If Duvall doesn't make that incredible, catch, correct? Yeah, you know, he may not make it through the third inning or the second even, because that was really a problem. But I think but the thing strong. that he talked about after the game. You know, I don't, remember, I don't know if it was four or five or five of the last six that he struck out. But, uh, yeah, I think five of the last he, he six, but he wound up with five strikeouts. All of his strikeouts yeah. were in the last six outs. Um, you know, he felt pretty good about that, and that's that's very encouraging to see that kind of adjustment. You know, he's a guy – now, I wouldn't count on him at all signing. No, no, no. no I think what but we again, talked about last week – you know, th- that's the problem. He's not going to stick around. He's going to right. No, I think have a lot of offers. I think what we talked about last week is right. Is 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 hope that he's going to do what he's doing right now, lengthen this out a little bit more, and flip him at the at the deadline. But at least it's a start. You know, the first couple starts, you go okay. Hopefully, some other teams are starting to take a little notice. Let's make sure we keep babying him. You don't need to run him out there for 105 pitches. Just make it go from 60 to 70 to 85 ish. Get him through maybe five innings to start. Get him out, and at least in a way showcase him to the point where he doesn't stay long enough to maybe hurt himself <laughs> either. Um, and maybe that's Good the way point. to go. And, and I would say the first two starts have been positive in Absolutely. that regard. I, I, you know, I wonder, and I guess he just he just refused to take the assignment, which is why the Mets let him right. go. But but to me, he's he's exceeded my expectations in his first couple starts, and he said, as Gary mentioned after the game on Wednesday that he was that he felt like he was maybe tipping pitches in the first couple innings. Now whether he was tipping pitches or if he just didn't have right. you know the the right. stuff that that's you know up for debate, but to me I'm wondering how the Mets didn't convince him to kind of see it their way. Because this guy obviously needed maybe I don't I mean and he's not blowing the world, he's not blowing the doors off anybody right now. He's pitched four innings. In his two starts, he looked a lot better in L.A. I think the Adam Duvall catch that he made in the first inning is probably three rows deep at Great American Ballpark. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's still a long way to go with this. But I definitely thought that this guy was going to be worse. And why the Mets couldn't convince him to, hey, maybe maybe go down, do some extended bullpen stuff, we we have faith in you, kind of thing, because the, he, I think he would fit in with the Mets still somewhere. But I think maybe that relationship it, yeah, off the field, that's what I think. the personality thing, and the, just the divorce was just getting ugly, and it was just I don't think he had any faith left in them anymore. And and they, vice and vice versa, right, maybe. Exactly. Vice, when, when they offered him to to either go to the bullpen or then you know well, we maybe go down. Joey Votto being hurt by not being picked for Team Canada or. Uh, you know, his feelings being hurt. Harvey, I think, felt very hurt that he wasn't being treated like the Dark Knight anymore when he still feels like he's that guy. Right. Even right. though he wasn't showing it. Right. But, but uh, you know, I I think it, it the, the change of scenery was something that probably he needed as much as anything else, too, and a chance to – He to, sounds like a new guy. He does. That's, that's the funny I mean, part. I mean, if you didn't know his past, you go, 
Hey, Solid pro right there, man. Yeah, what are you talking about difficult <laughs> yeah, to deal with? Yeah, we're talking about party boy. Uh, no, he's fine. He's all good. Um, what's not all good, I guess, is is uh, we keep seeing the young guys, and maybe it's just because they're young guys. We see a good start, a start. You see a good start, a start. I, I thought Tyler Malley started to turn the corner. Maybe not. Uh, I thought at one point Sal Romano would turn the corner. Maybe not. We saw Luis Castillo really struggle, and now you know they make that mechanical switch to him, and he, he's pitched better. Is this something that I guess – you you have to, especially as we go through this season, just keep running those kids all out there and let them play through this because you've seen enough good things that there is something good for Sal Romano. There is something good from Tyler Malley. I think it's so pronounced because so many guys are going through it. Right. And and typically you have a guy, you know, maybe two, where you're you're rolling them into the rotation and they, they take their lumps. But, I mean, this is – We've got there are so many guys in this rotation that are just going to take their lumps, and it adds up when you see it every single day. I think if 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 Tyler Malley was doing what he was doing on the what was it twenty twelve Reds who had, I mean they had all five yes all five starters started every game. I mean that there was like one guy who made what, a spot one, start made in like a spot start in, in a doubleheader. That's correct. Right. So if if you had a, a guy like Malley who was doing this, it, it would kind of fly under the radar, and it wouldn't be as big of a deal because you've got. Uh, Bronson Royal going out there. You've got Matt Latos. You've got Cueto going out there. You've got those guys. And every once in a while, you see Malley. But there are so many guys that are taking their lumps right now. And I don't think you should say, oh, I can't believe he hasn't turned this corner yet, or I thought this was where it was going to be. I think it's just natural yeah. with how young these guys are. Yeah, I, I think that's that's well said because uh, I, you know you just hope you get to the point where four of the five, one time through, can get you six quality innings and mm. then it becomes well maybe three of them and then it becomes four of the five and then it becomes maybe one time through it's all five of them and the next time through four of the five and the next time through four of the five again and you look up and you've had you know 18 of 20 i don't want to call quality the official quality start thing but 18 of 20 good enough starts to get it to a bullpen that's been really good yeah i think that you know i agree that a lot of encouraging signs for both those guys before the west coast trip they right. both had had five strong outings romano's each one was better than the yes. one before his era is going consistently down we'll see what happens in this cub series i'm willing to attribute some of that one that they're young pitchers and there was a little bit of surprise how well they were thrown yeah. in those in that's two and a half weeks uh but the other is Dodger Stadium at night, AT&T Park, first time Romano had ever pitched on a West Coast game. Uh, Malley's from Southern California, right. from Orange County, not L.A., yep. but had a bunch of family there. You know, let's see how they go from there, if, if they can make that a hiccup instead of, well, those five strong starts in a row. That was the exception. Right, right. And it was a five and two road trip. That, that was, I was about to say that. <laughs> right. You know, that's a five and two road trip. The Reds will the take two. that any day of the week, and they will take that uh, any year of their existence to to go out there and and come back. Yeah, I, I never thought I'd have the seventy six team and the twenty eighteen team be mentioned in the same <laughs> right. same breath. And anyways, I can't even figure out a way I would mention them in the same breath. Yeah, other well, than the four go. game sweep of the Dodgers in L A. That's just, well, the, that's the other impossible. concern there though is two and a third, three and a third. Yes. And if Harvey, if you're going to baby him and protect it's him, it's going to be four, four innings, innings and maybe was, five max, right? You know, you're, you're going to burn out Amir Garrett. And they've gotten this. You mentioned the bullpen's been outstanding, but, you know, they can't be pitching every day and they can't be coming in the third and fourth inning. Well, and, and during that six game winning streak, I think it was what Sunday Castillo was the only guy that got that, to the seventh, right? Got, I think even to the, he got even to the, the sixth, sixth, but even to the sixth. Yeah, I think you're right. He was the first guy to get to the sixth. So, I mean, these guys. 
I mean, the, the, the miles are, are racking up on the on the odometer, Garrett. And, and well, you know, the other thing, too, that's happening with a lot, and these guys, it may just be performance, but with all the analytics coming in, everything is now on third time through the order. Yep. And even if you're pitching well, many managers will take you out because your numbers show that they hit 330 against you third time through the order. Um, so... Those kind of things are also, I think, shortening. It, we make it to well, the point it, where a quality start is just if you make it through six. No, right. I, no, I, I think you're getting to the point of 13-man of pitching staffs are the norm. And at some point, I wouldn't be shocked if, if somehow they don't go to Major League Baseball and say, give us a 27-man roster because we have to carry 14 pitchers in today's day and age. And you're right. The analytics for a lot of guys show that third time through is the absolute magic spot where – you can you can have guys batting 175 against your first two times, but third time through it's 380 plus, and no matter how we've tried to, to work through this, it doesn't work. If you're going to start getting to that point, you're talking about five innings starting, and maybe that's what we're evolving to. Maybe we're not. Maybe seven innings anymore is a almost a complete game, and a complete is. game is an as a complete anomaly because it's getting there that really gets you to five. And and hey, you know if you if you're well, almost you third time through, seven, but this guy's going to be fresh. Yes, correct. The eighth, but you're going to need. At least a thirteen-man staff, yeah. if not a fourteen, and maybe a fifteen-man yeah. staff. Three and a half hour game. And a three and a half hour game. And, 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 half hour game. And, <laughs> yes. And this is why this is why Rysel Iglesias will be a worthwhile trade chip at the deadline if they choose to do it. But because now you get back to the to the core Jeanette to the core. I right. think Iglesias right. is the guy who keep even more than Jeanette. But all I'm saying is, is that we went through and, and you said, oh, you know, you look at you look at the teams that are in contention; they all have first basemen. You look at the teams. Second baseman, there may be some guys you can trade. Oh, it's bullpen. everybody. Everybody wants bullpen. Everybody oh, yeah. will take that arm. Yeah, no doubt. Regardless, Absolutely. if they're going to put him in the eighth, if they're going to put him, if they envision him as a seventh or eighth, because most of those contending teams already have pretty much an everyday eight, already pretty much have three or four stars. Yes, many of the in in the central at least. Yes, no question. But I think a lot well, of teams all bunched anyway. They look he's and go. Than almost right. any, he's better than anyone Correct. else. Correct. Oh, no doubt. Them. But you look at the, the Pirates, you, the Cubs, you look the at the Brewers. Yankees bullpen, who they're probably set even they would probably, probably make but, a look yeah. make a run at him and with even with Patances and Chapman and and the Red Sox have Kimbrel and and some other guys who are quality you know closers as, as but, but if as you're that. making a postseason run you're making it exactly. a six inning game and he helps you in a Imagine six inning game the Angels, exactly. right we're using right. Bud Norris right <laughs> right and that's an easily identifiable sorry, trade. On the Cardinals, Cardinals right, but your point but your point but you know they've had some bullpen injuries but right. even when they're fully healthy right they even don't when have anybody they can trust. Even when they're fully healthy and even when you can identify a team that you think, okay, they're good in the bullpen, they still could use yeah, Astros too. a guy like him. So he, if, would, he would upgrade anyone, and he would be the closer on several of the contenders. But, but if you're going to do this, and I'm not opposed to it, because I, I, I don't want to say closers. I didn't mean to bring that up. All no, no, I was no, saying no, no, no. was— I, I don't want to say closers are easier to find— but I think in this case, if you're are. if you're trading, yeah, if you're trading, maybe not but if, of his level, but. yeah, if you're and if you're trading someone of his level, you hold the cards for a change. You hold the that if you don't get exactly what you want back, all right, we'll hang on to him. We're not, he's not going to hurt. We we like him. We want him. We just think we can flip him for something better what, what with a chance they, to get somebody. What did they get for Chapman? Nothing. Uh, end up nothing because they were, their hand was so forced. They waited. They yeah. waited too late to make that deal to the point where everybody in baseball knew at that point in time the Reds had to deal a role as Chapman. Period. Not, end of story. Not to mention that I think that was when the whole domestic yeah, issues up, with yes, him were yeah, coming up yeah. too. So that kind of uh, ruined you know, what the Reds 
But with Iglesias, if we sit here in a perfect world and nothing happens, and there's no reason to right. suggest it does because there's been no reason right. or anything about him, that come the dead, deadline, that, that this is a guy that you can certainly say, I want X, Y, Z, and maybe right. A, and if you, and if you get to, to me, we'll keep fine, it. we'll keep him. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a scenario, really, that the Indians got Andrew Miller because he was under the same amount of control um, when the Indians traded for him, and, and they traded the Yankees' Clint Frazier, who was – I think maybe their first or second prospect in their organization right. at that point. So, I mean, we're talking about a big return because Iglesias, I believe, is through 2020 uh, at a very team-friendly deal. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to command a lot. If, they, if they're going to ask for a lot and if they don't get it, right, they'll, they'll, they'll keep going. they to do that. Yeah, I think they are because I think they know, I think they recognize how much leverage they have when it comes to him. All right, boys, any final thoughts? It was just—it was just a, a toss-up. That's all it was. It can be nope. I have none. Well, I think I think the the offense is living up to what yes. we thought coming out of spring. This team can hit and score with anybody, uh, and it's a diverse. Lineup. And, and, and I think that the reason is is just what you said. And you saw it on that West Coast trip. One night, Shedler hits a three-run homer. Mm. One day, even the, well, the, the win against the Mets was Adam Duvall hitting a home run. Duvall in the in the Giants game with a, with an early home run. Uh, Vado with a home run. Suarez hit a hit a home. I mean, Jeanette hit. You know, had the streak where he drove in ten runs in whatever three games and, right. and was was going four up. homers. Yeah, and, and Joey so you, gets the key. Yeah, hit. and you Tucker see, Barnhart suddenly showing some power. Right, and that's well, what I think that, you see with this concern. lineup. The two concerns. One is, you know, he still got the four man outfield. Billy just now inched over three hundred for an on base percentage. Yeah, and it won't, la- and it won't last long. Uh, he's hitting two twelve or two twenty. Take a picture. Hey, I need Winker oh to put boy. some balls oh in the seats. Boy. T- take a do me a favor. Take a picture of Billy Hamilton on Baseball Reference with the three behind that first dot because it won't last long. I'm just telling you. Just t- make no, sure. No, I know. Every time he gets there, <laughs> yeah, it goes it's right. It's like, well, we could probably accept if he could get, at least get a three hundred yeah. on base percentage, and then it's gone within a day or two. Yeah, take that picture and save it on your phone just so you know. Okay, that, that, that so, he's yeah. gotten there. All right. Yeah, it's never been over th- over three aught. Yes, correct. <laughs> I, it's so funny with him too, and we kind of talked about it on Sunday night. I feel like he he kind of feels the pressure building on him, and he has a game that everyone looks at and says, if he could just do that every single game, bunted for a hit, right. stole second, stole third, would have had another stolen. But, I mean, just scored on the squeeze. Yeah, scored on the squeeze. Incredible defense, that type of stuff, and and the defense. I guess people take that for granted because he's been a very a gold level type of defender, but. Just he he kind of just kind of mystifies me because it's almost like he knows it's almost like he's in he's in high school and he knows that chemistry grade is a D and he knows he's got to buckle down and get just, it to a C and get into his room and just look he is at that pretty timely I'll give look him that. at that periodic table for an extra twenty minutes because you got to get this thing up to a C and he he just has the ability to do that in certain games and then you just think gosh. See, he gets it to the C of the point three hundred, and then goes, "Ooh, I can slash <laughs> exactly. off a little bit." I'm back down to two eighty eight again. <laughs> exactly. The other thing is that I mentioned in Hamilton is we need big. Jesse Winker's a big boy. He needs to start putting some in the seats. Yeah, I'm just not sure it's in his mo. I I, I don't know why. Um, what was he, last he, when he came up? I he, know it hasn't been in the minors. Right, and that uh, tomorrow. I, but I, I thought think, that might have been an anomaly. The seven homers last year. But I also think he's more than capable over a full season to be at least a double-digit home run guy, right? 10 to 12 to 15. I'd settle for that with his on-base yeah. percentage. Oh, no question. And, but I, I think the biggest part for him is the on-base percentage was always there in the minors. That's right. carried over to the majors. And maybe he just isn't uh, doesn't have the pop that you think he should have. I may, you know, the, the numbers in the minors suggest, no, you're right about last year, seven homers in 
what 150 ish plate appearances. That suggests a guy with a little bit of pop in his dude. Back. It looks and like he is a big dude, right? But you know, you're right. Maybe that isn't his game. You know, we were talking the other day. He's he, although his on base percentage and his batting average is much better than an Adam Dunn, but and he's better in the field. Yes, trust he's not me. great. Yes, and it's funny. You know, if you listen to listen to Marty or the broadcast or whatever, there's this debate. Well, he's not as slow as he, he's he's pretty darn slow. Well, he, I would tell you this. He, I love the on-base part of him. He's not scoring too often on doubles into the gap. He's just It's just not going to happen very often for him. He's kind of a station to station. It, it, so it's, it becomes, the only, the only, then the flip side good part is you've got enough pop in that lineup where it's okay if you've got True. station to station guys because you're going to have somebody right. probably hit it over the wall anyway. And I think the big part for him is the on-base. Hey, stand on first. Somebody hits one over the wall. I can jog home with the rest of them. So. I hope he isn't listening to this. Because why are we? T- I mean, out of all the things we could talk about, I think I think Winker is is a bright spot. He on is a team. bright spot, and and you know if his home run total doesn't end up being what what you know we think it should be or whoever thinks it should be is fine. But I on a if, team if, if Jesse Winker is the biggest guy. problem on this team, right. this team's in I didn't good say shape. He's a problem. No, no, he's no a problem. I, know. Just, I know. I want him to show some pop. He wants more. I'm okay <laughs> with. There's nothing wrong with wanting more. I'm sure more. Jesse does. too. He may want that, more too. He is an on base machine, which is good, and that yet is very good. No doubt about it. All right, boys, appreciate the time. Thanks, as always. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the Reds Edition. For Gary Miller, Jed Demusi, I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Skinny Podcast, Reds Edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati.